Thank you, Sheila. Good morning, everyone. Welcome to Trinity. It is uh, Reign of Christ Sunday, Christ the King Sunday. Um, and we'll start with a song by Ray McKeever, Strange King. Not the king that necessarily was expected. Strange King. Strange king on a cross, we have gained what you have lost, your life given for us. Strange king on a cross, what a strange way to become a king, dying on a cross. What a strange way to become a king, dying for us. Strange king on a tree, high on the Mount of Calvary, your death setting us free. Strange king on the tree, what a strange way Welcome to worship at Trinity Lutheran. It's good that you're here, that we're here together. And for those who are with us out there somewhere in the ether, we're grateful for your presence as well. We're glad you're here. Part of my uh, background is, was as a family therapist. And in the world of systems, family systems, you learn that you can only say hello as well as you said goodbye. Conversely, you can only say goodbye as well as you said hello. It's kind of a circular thing. Well, so we think of Christ the King, this being the last Sunday of the church year. In some measure, I think about 
we want to say goodbye well this day that we might say hello beginning next Sunday to Advent in the beginning of the new church calendar. So there's that kind of imagery that I have, and that's why I'm so grateful for your presence as we gather here in worship. There's a second thing that gives me reason to want to celebrate this day, this being November 21st, and I'm sure everyone immediately knows what I'm talking about. Of course, none of you do, but uh, for those of us who live with uh, seasonal affect, sunlight, it's only four weeks till the, we turn the corner. <laughs> only four weeks. So it's like we're entering the last curve, and we're ready to get, uh, it's all going to get better with longer days. It's coming soon. So I'm grateful for your presence. I invite you to stand as you're able. We gather here for worship this morning in the name of God the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Lord, I left your name on high. We'll sing it twice. Stay. 
our hymn of praise is Shout to the Lord. Together we join our hearts in prayer. Almighty and ever-living God, you anointed your beloved Son to be priest and sovereign forever. Grant that all the people of the earth, now divided by the power of sin, may be united by the glorious and gentle rule of Jesus Christ, our Savior and our Lord, who lives and reigns with you in the Holy Spirit, one God, now and forever. Amen. Please be seated for the hearing of Scripture. Good morning. 
The lesson is from the first chapter of Colossians. May you be made strong with all the strength that comes from his glorious power. And may you be prepared to endure everything with patience while joyfully giving thanks to the Father who has enabled you to share in the inheritance of the saints in the light. He has rescued us from the power of darkness and transferred us into the kingdom of his beloved Son, in whom we have redemption, the forgiveness of sins. He is the image of the invisible God, the firstborn of all creation. For in him all things in heaven and on earth were created, things visible and invisible, whether thrones or dominions or rulers of powers, all things have been created through him and for him. He himself is before all things, and in him all things hold together. He is the head of the body, the church. He is the beginning, the firstborn from the dead, so that he might come to have first place in everything. For in him all the fullness of God was pleased to dwell, and through him God was pleased to reconcile to himself all things, whether on earth or in heaven, by making peace through the blood of his cross. The word of the Lord.
Thank you. Thank you very much. Bells have a way of just kind of calming my spirit and making me feel at peace. So thank you for the gift of that music. I'm very grateful for it. If you're interested in playing bells, go talk to Linda. She might find a bell for you to hold on to. <laughs> Christ the King Sunday. The um, celebration of Christ the King Sunday, the last Sunday of the church year, was not born, this is just by way of introduction, was not born in some ancient antiquity. Pope Pius XI established this day of, as Christ the King Sunday as a response to what he saw as the growing secularism in the world and its encroaching and threatening of the faith. You see, it was the rise of communism in Russia and the rise of fascism in Spain and Italy at the time and the harbinger of Nazism in Germany that led him in 1923 to set this day as an attempt to oppose totalitarian ideologies. The proclamation of Christ the King evolved as an ecumenical statement of the authority of Christ as opposed to all political ideologies. We need to listen to that. Jesus the Christ came as the Son of Man who reigns from the cross. With that said, I invite you, as you're able, as we read this gospel lesson this morning, to stand. That we would stand with Jesus, who was standing before Pilate, who would threaten him, or sentence him to death on the cross. From John, the 18th chapter. Then Pilate entered the headquarters again, summoned Jesus, and asked him, Are you the king of the Jews? Jesus answered, Do you ask this on your own, or did others tell you about me? Pilate replied, I am not a Jew, am I? Your own nation and the chief priests have handed you over to me. What have you done? Jesus answered, My kingdom is not from this world. If my kingdom were from this world, my followers would be fighting to keep me from being handed over to the Jews. But as it is, my kingdom is not from here. Pilate asked him, so you are a king. Jesus answered, you say that I am a king. For this I was born, and for this I came into the world to testify to the truth. Everyone who belongs to the truth listens to my voice. The gospel of the Lord Please be seated. God is good all the time. All the, time. the author, Anne Lamott, a person for whom I hold great personal affection for, actually in my former parish, she came and she spoke one evening. It was quite an event. She describes her recovery from alcohol and drug abuse as a time when she came to understand the acronym for God. G-O-D. It stands for gift of desperation. <laughs> you should hear the paradox in that. Or as one friend in sobriety declared about her condition, I was deteriorating faster than I could lower my standards. 
I love that line. What recovery and this text have in common is the need for rigorous honesty. You see, at the heart of the five verses that I read is the titanic clash of two kingdoms, two worlds. It is the reign of God versus, as Paul were to write to the church at Ephesus in the sixth chapter, our battle is not with flesh and blood, but against powers and principalities and the powers of this dark world against the spiritual forces of evil in the heavenly realms. All this is represented in this standoff between Pilate and any contemporary iteration and Jesus. I want to state clearly, as clearly as I can, this is high noon at the OK Corral as there is the facing off of these two kingdoms. Jesus, the suffering servant, versus Pilate, whose only concern is power and the holding on of power, regardless of whatever destruction that would bring to people. It's Pilate, ironically, though, that says, you are a king. To which Jesus responded, you are right in saying I am a king. In fact, for this reason I was born, and for this reason I came into the world to testify to the truth. Everyone who belongs to the truth listens to my voice. And the verse that follows that was not in the lesson was Pilate disdainfully, pejoratively spitting out, what is truth? That's the question, isn't it? What is truth? Jesus' kingship was difficult to see because it was to be manifest in a crucifixion rather than any kind of political dominance. There was no political convention. There was no Twitter. Today, Jesus' kingship can be just as difficult to see for the very same reason. Rigorous honesty may, in fact, reveal how our allegiances to earthly powers lead us to deny God's kingship maybe even without our knowing it. Irony. On the cusp of the highest Jewish religious festival, the Passover, Pilate offers to release Jesus, the king of the Jews, but the people decline the offer with absolute devastating irony. We have no king but Caesar. That's overt. Irony. We pray daily, probably, thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven without realizing that we are making choices that may belong to other allegiances. Maybe more covert, but just potentially as devastating. How did this happen? How did it come to the masses yelling out, we have no king but Caesar? It was less than a year earlier in the story of Jesus and his march to Jerusalem and the cross, at the feeding of the 5,000, that the people wanted at that moment to install Jesus as king. They cried out, never have we seen this. Never have we seen anything like this. And they were prepared to install Jesus and to follow him as their king. 
But Scripture records Jesus slipped away because he knew what this was about. You see, what this was about was their bellies were filled. Our nature is such that we are inclined to follow whoever can fill our bellies, be it literally or figuratively. Now, there are examples of plenty of how our nature is disposed to follow those who can make promises to meet our needs, to fill our insatiable desires. So it was less than a year, less than a year, the people went from screaming, we want Jesus as our king, to we have no king but Caesar. Wow, that didn't take long. All of which makes clear why the reign of God begins with Jesus being lifted up on a cross. The cross becomes our sign that the reign of God has begun. I want, I, want, I want that to try to sink in. The cross, Jesus on the cross in his death becomes the sign that the reign of God has begun. We are now in the last age. And grace has become the spiritual WD-40 that somehow makes life possible. <laughs> that gives us reason to believe that God is bringing the kingdom closer and we can find peace and purpose and joy enough to live with ourselves, let alone live with one another. You see, we do it, and we do it gratefully, because the reign of God is marked by this. Sin is no longer the issue. Sin no longer separates us from God. Now, there are two qualities that I have learned that are critical to our life of faith under the reign of God, two. The first is that all of truth is paradox. Out of death comes life. Out of our brokenness, God's glory is revealed. Power is revealed in humble service. Jesus washed feet. If you would be great, you must be the least among you. What does that look like? I got three pictures to show you. Maybe you know what kentsuji is. It's the Japanese art of taking that which is broken and putting it back together again using gold or platinum dust with lacquer. Now, I, I want you to hold on to this as a picture in your mind because what do we do with brokenness in our life? We hide it, we get rid of it, we silo it, we close the door, we say it no longer exists, it's not there anymore. But, but what this art teaches us is, is that we can learn to embrace our brokenness as a place in which God can work and it can be beautiful. It can be beautiful in terms of what it looks like. Isn't that a marvelous picture? It's paradox. Kensuji. And by the way, this is what Jesus was writing to the church at Corinth in his second letter, the fourth chapter, and he said, we hold this treasure in earthenware vessels. It's broken. We're flawed. Why? Because the grace of God can shine through our brokenness to a world desperate in need for WD-40 that unites us with one another and with God. It's amazing. All truth is paradox, number one. All truth is paradox. Number two, ambiguity, mystery. In the life of faith, we have learned to live with what we don't know. Mystery may be a burden. It is nonetheless the magic, sometimes painful sauce that flavors our faith. I mean, I don't know why God feels so distant sometimes. I don't know. 
and it makes me angry or frustrated. Secondly, I, I don't know why some people who are less than kind in their heart and wish malice or people prosper, but others who have nothing but love in their heart do not. I, I, don't, know, I don't know why. And I don't know why the innocent suffer. I don't know why that happens. I mean, on Christmas morning, I baptized Maddie. She was six months old. Christmas morning worship. Barely five and a half years later, Maddie died in her sleep that night. No one knew she had a bad heart. No one knew that she was broken. There had been no symptoms, you know, that could lead the family to go find some aid, some help that could fix her heart. But in the middle of the night, it just stopped. And I don't, I don't know why the innocent suffer. I do know this, though. I do know this, that at Maddie's funeral, there was close to 600 people in attendance. And that morning, almost 100 children received their first communion because I invited everyone in the family to come forward as we shared the Lord's Supper. And that children would receive a meal knowing that Jesus was sharing that same meal with Maddie at the same time. And I held it together pretty well. <laughs> Excuse me. I held it together pretty well and to one little six-year-old boy as he put his hands up for me to put bread in his hands who just look, looked me in the eye and said, I miss Maddie. Now I've learned that God does not cause brokenness. It's not God's will that Maddie had a heart that didn't work. It's not God's will that some get cancer and some get run over. That's not God's will that brokenness enter our life. But it is in our DNA. Our lives are broken. And by the way, anyone that would tell you otherwise is either a fool or a liar. The DNA of our life is broken. And the promise is, is that, in, like Kensuji, God can use our brokenness to bless other people. Our inability to live with paradox and ambiguity means that if we're going to be people of faith, we only have one alternative. We must become a fundamentalist, which means either God created the world in six 24-hour days or Jesus didn't rise from the dead. And we would say, that's really stupid. That doesn't make any sense. And by the way, if you want something really interesting, as a, a fundamentalist of faith who must take it at that value is the same person as an atheist. They're two halves of the same coin. Either it's all true or none of it's true. The reign of God is marked by Christ the King. Our King was lifted, his tortured body was lifted to die on a rough-hewn cross as a sign that the reign of God has begun and sin no longer separates us from God, sin from the past or sin in the future. Are you the King of the Jews? asked Pilate. The question is asked, not seeking revelation, but is asked in order to maintain abusive authoritarian power that will divide and conquer, that will kill and separate. Jesus declares his kingship in order that the world, the universe, is not divided, but that it may be reconciled as one with God. The Father, as Jesus said, takes no delight in the loss of anyone. It has begun this day. It has begun. The reign of God has begun, and by grace we are gifted with citizenship in the kingdom of God. 
Our job is just to let other beggars know where they can find bread. And by the way, I miss Maddie too. God is good. All the time. All the time. Our song following the sermon, Crowned with Your Love. Um, the verses are uh, from a, uh, <coughs> a canon, a vicar of the Church of England uh, some years ago. And uh, just put the two some new melodies and uh, give it a refrain that you're uh, invited to sing with me. Uh, the verses will be up there so you can process them as they go by. Um, Crowned with Your Love. <clears throat> so join in that refrain whenever you are ready. Jesus, you are the one, a king before your birth. Jesus, you are the one whose reign is love on earth. Come and live in us. Let our actions be crowned with your love, with your love. Morning glory, starlit sky, soaring music, scholars' truth. Flight of swallows, autumn leaves, memory's treasure, grace of youth. Open are the gifts of God, gifts of love to mind and sense. Hidden is love's agony, love's endeavor, love's expense. Jesus, you are the one, a king before your birth. Jesus, you are the one whose reign is love on earth. Come and live in us, let our actions be crowned. With your love, with your love. Love that gives, gives evermore, gives with zeal, with eager hands. Spares not, keeps not, all outpours, ventures all, it's all expands. Drained is love in making full, bound in setting others free. Poor in making many rich, weak in giving power to be. Jesus, you are the one, a king before your birth. Jesus, you are the one whose reign is love on earth. Come and live in us. Let our actions be crowned with your love, with your love. Therefore he who shows us God, help us hangs upon the tree. And the nails and crown of thorns tell of what God's love must be. Here is God, no monarchy, thrown in easy state to reign. 
Here is God whose arms of love aching spent the world sustain. Jesus, you are the one, a king before your birth. Jesus, you are the one whose reign is love on earth. Come and live in us. Let our As we join in the prayers of the church, please be mindful that every petition ends with as we call forth the reign of Christ. Thank you, Pam. And our response is hear our prayer and invite you to stand as you're able. Gather our hearts, O oh God, as a people called to serve as we pray to you. We are called, O oh God, to welcome the stranger, feed the hungry, house the homeless, and clothe the naked. Help us respond to your call from our abundance and from our want with gifts of prayer, gifts of means, and gifts of presence. Let us honor those in need by seeing Christ in one another and answering those who cry for help. Especially, we give thanks for utility crews and all service workers who work through times of trial and danger that we might all be safe. As we call forth the reign of Christ, hear our prayer. Sovereign God, for all who are governed by power or throne, by force or dominion, on our planet, in our country, and in our community, we implore you to infuse the wisdom, sanity, and humanity of Jesus into all who lead your people as we call forth the reign of Christ. Healing God, we remember all those in our community who are ill or dying. Remember Ed Oaken, who passed away this week. Bring peace to Ed's family and let us be partners with you in bringing healing and hope as you guide the hands and hearts of hospice workers healthcare providers, and other caregivers as we call forth the reign of Christ. Constant God, guide us to always seek the reign of Christ with the eyes of our hearts enlightened so we may know the hope to which he has called us, doing your work of love in this world. Give us the mind that was in Christ Jesus, ears to listen and hands ready to respond. Teach our hearts again to make your love visible in all we are and all we do as we call forth 
the reign of Christ. Keep us striving toward your purpose as we offer our labors to soothe the sufferings of all, near and far. We ask all these things through Jesus, image of the invisible God, and the Holy Spirit, who together with you are one God, now and forever. Amen. Peace the Lord be with you always. Share God's peace with one another. We cross the aisle here. Crossover. It's all good. for your energy and your desire to greet one another, to be the community of, of peace and love and Christ that we are in this neighborhood. Amy, you have some things for us to be mindful of. I do indeed. Uh, today we are celebrating two birthdays today. Sandy Siebert has a birthday today. I don't know if Sandy's here today. And Zane Benway is celebrating a birthday today. So I'm pretty sure Zane at least watches on TV. So we'll say happy birthday, Zane. <laughs> And as you heard in the prayers, Ed Etkin passed away this week. Uh, services are pending, so we will keep you informed if we uh, have plans for that. Uh, the address for the family is on the bulletin that you have in your hands that week. We print out if you'd like to send a card uh, to them. Adult education happens every week at 9.10 in the fireside room down the hall. This morning, Orion Gudgel will be speaking about how we are all called to serve. And then next Sunday, Arnie Bergstrom will be talking about Advent and why we celebrate Advent. Uh, Sunday school also happens between worship services. We meet in the gym with some fun activities uh, celebrating Thanksgiving this week. And let's see, Thanksgiving is coming up this week. So on Wednesday, we'll have our traditional Thanksgiving Eve service. We'll meet here at 7 o'clock for um, a delightful evening of giving thanks. And so that means that we have no youth group meeting this week. We're taking a break for Thanksgiving. We'll be back uh, meeting in person again the next week. And then our confirmation class for middle school, our sixth to eighth grade students, is meeting at 11.45 this morning, and we meet in the fireside room down the hall. So um, any questions, I would love to chat with you. Do we have any other announcements this morning? 
Just a little addendum yes. um, that Thanksgiving Eve service will be a little hymn sing ahead of time as usual. So show up a few minutes early and we'll take your suggestions, stump the pianist kind of thing. Um, so come on out and join us for a little Thanksgiving sing-along. Should be fantastic. Thank you. Thank you, Amy. Thank you so much. It was in the night in which our Lord was betrayed, the night that led him to Pilate and the declaration of a kingdom that was coming. It was in that night that our Lord took bread. He gave thanks, he broke it, and he gave it to his disciples saying, take and eat. This is my body, it is given for you. Do this for the remembrance of me. Again then after the supper, he took the cup and after giving thanks, he gave it for all to drink, saying, This cup is the new covenant. It is poured out of my blood for the forgiveness of sin. Do this for the remembrance of me. For as often as we eat of this bread and drink of this cup, we share in the mystery of Christ's real presence who is here with us now and who invites us when we pray to say, Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name, thy kingdom. I remind you that this meal is for everyone. All are invited. Our Lord invites you to come and to share. Take the bread. The cup will be given to you. It is just juice during this season that we are sharing. And place the empty cup in the basket. The ushers will direct you. I invite the congregation or the uh, community assistants to come forward, please.
miracles they say still happen now and then. Step into my heart, leave your cares behind. Welcome to my world, built with you in mind. Knock and the door will open, seek and you will find, ask and you will be given. The key to this world of mine. Oh, I'll be waiting there with my arms unfurled, waiting just for you. Welcome to my world. Yes, I'll be waiting there with my arms unfurled, waiting just for you. Welcome to my world. Now may the body of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ and the gift of his precious blood strengthen, keep, and preserve us to life eternal. Amen. As you leave this place fed and renewed, do so knowing that you do not go alone, that the Spirit of Christ is close by you and is prepared to offer you that which you need in those moments when your faith may be tested. But it is to God's glory that you are living the life that you have, and we give thanks for that.
And now, hear the words of benediction. May God bless you and keep you. May God's face shine on you and be gracious to you. May God look upon you with favor and give you peace. Amen. Our sending hymn soon and very soon. We start off a little slowly and we'll get into it. Soon and very soon we are gonna see Go in peace to serve the Lord. And then, by the way, Sheila's going to make a gift of Pachelbel, I think, right, Sheila? Some Pachelbel? You might want to take part of that as well. (laughs) Thank you. Thank you.